Kilda friends, Fano, brothers and sisters in Christ, fellow believers out there who are pursuing and chasing Jesus Christ, the Son of God, with their lives. Thanks for tuning into the Chasing the Sun podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Hodgson, who decided to record this podcast episode tonight and spoke for 20 whole minutes without realizing his microphone was on mute. So this is take two for the night, and uh, it's always a humbling experience when uh, experience when technology decides to absolutely fail you and make you look like a fool and end up wasting my time. But that's okay. It's good. That means God didn't want you guys to hear the first one, and hopefully means that the second one uh, will be more of a blessing to you than what was out in the first one. Hey, uh, we've got a, a new series for you that I'm really excited about. Uh, it's it's something that we're going to be looking at in my youth ministry uh, that I serve in and and help lead. Uh, we're, we're calling it a youth group. I don't know whether we'll call it that for the podcast, but we're calling it Talk About It. You know... Uh, I have a real privilege of, of being youth pastor here in Cambridge uh, in our youth ministry at Rally Street Christian Centre, but part of my role is, is serving in the local high school, helping young people uh, just journey with them as they go through the uh, funds, uh, challenges, ups and downs of, of high school and teenage years, and uh, it's been an interesting time with the pandemic doing all that kind of stuff as well. Last term I started uh, trying to listen a little bit more to uh, what our young people were saying, but also how our young people were saying it. And uh, something really dawned on me, which I don't think was new to me. Uh, it was kind of already sitting there, um, in part because I am guilty of it myself uh, and was as a teenager and even as an adult. But it was something that I noticed uh, it was quite bad. And it was the way that we talk about each other, the way that we talk to each other and the way that we talk about ourselves. It was just our talk in general was really really bad and um i was just just listening to young people and just thinking to myself man why is it that we just talk so poorly to and about each other um and yeah so i kind of just was seeking god over it was praying about you know what series we were going to do term two and uh just a few passages of scriptures popped into mind and i was like yep this is the one the first one that came to mind was uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. It says this, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as good for building up as it fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And I was reading that verse, and I was thinking, man, that is far from the way that we talk about each other. And I wasn't just talking about it in schools. You know, for, for me, it was listening to, to young people at youth group, um, the way that they talk about each other, the way they talk about others at different youth groups, all kinds of stuff. Um and I thought, man, what are we going to do to change this? What's, what do we need to allow God to do to change this? And so that verse was one that came to mind. Th- this one in James chapter 3 really was kind of the main one in a sense for me. Because I think in, in one sense it really highlights what the, what the actual issue is. Um, and, and so it's James chapter 3 and it's, it's verse 9. It says this. Uh, it's talking about the tongue. And just before verse 9... Um, it talks about how every bird and beast of the field and reptile and cre- sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison, right? That's not a nice way to describe a uh, part of your body, um, one that we use a lot uh, for speaking and talking and doing all sorts of things. And, and James says this is what we do with it. 
With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. James kind of, for me, as I, I read that, and I read the whole passage of, of chapter 3, particularly verses 1 to 12, where he's speaking about the tongue. You think about James as a whole, you think about later on, he speaks about, um, you know, why is there um, quarrelsomeness in you? Why, are there, why do you fight? Why do you do all these things? Um, well, it's because you are jealous and you desire the wrong things and there's something in your heart. Well, what James is setting up for us here in James chapter 3 is that there's a um, contradiction between the way that we speak about God the way that we bless God, the way that we want to raise Him up, worship Him, praise Him, lift His name on high, help people know who God is. And then in our very next breath, either as we leave church, as we leave youth group, as we finish talking with a Christian friend, we begin to tear people down. And we, we use our words to tear people down. So in one mouth we want to lift up God, but then we tear down the very thing that is created in His image, which is something that we're going to chat about in a future episode. What does it mean to be created in the image of God? Because I think that is going to be very helpful for us to understand how we are to speak to each other, about each other, and about ourselves. And so there's a contradiction here. And James is trying to point it out. He uses some more illustrations to help us understand what the true problem is. He goes on to say uh, in verse 10, from the same mouth come blessing and cursing, my brothers and sisters. These things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. What James is kind of saying to us in one sense is that because these two things are a contradiction, one of them does reflect our true nature. One of them reflects truly what is in our heart. And so then the question is, is, well, which one is it? Some would say, well, the truth is the worshipping of the God. That's the true thing. And, and the other one is just a, an abnormal part of life that I don't normally do that. Sometimes it comes out, you know, and I think for some believers that will 100% be true, that there are still just, we can't fully control. Um, we still get angry, frustrated. We're tired. We're hungry, whatever issue it is. Um, someone's just really irritating us and, and things come out. But if we're someone who on a regular basis tears people down, gossiping, lying, hurting people with our words intentionally, sometimes even unintentionally, what this reveals is that that is our true heart nature. That we don't truly understand, A, that people are created in the image of God and we are to raise them up with our words. But on the other hand, it shows that potentially our hearts have not been changed. Our hearts have not been changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And this for me is just something that's so, I guess, um, core to us as people who are chasing the sun, people who are pursuing Jesus, who have been saved by God's grace and kindness and mercy that we know and understand that there is nothing that I have done to earn God's love and favor in this space. Yet in the very next moment, I demand of others in my life some sort of perfection in order for me to treat them reasonably well. That anytime they make a mistake, that's my God-given right to tear them down, 
to slander them and to speak poorly about them. Do you see the contradiction there? That maybe I don't truly yet believe what God has done in my life if I can't offer that very same thing to my brother and sister, to strangers, to my friends, to my family, to other people in my life. You see, I was like that as a young person. I still struggle sometimes with that as well now. But particularly as a teenager, I really struggled with this. I have two older brothers. When I was younger, they were physically bigger than me, more dominant than me. So for me, it was like, okay, well, I'm never going to beat them physically. The easiest way for me is to use my words, to tear them down, speak badly about them, um, to be wittier and funnier and to make other people laugh at their expense. When I realized that I could do that quite well, it flowed out more than just my brothers. It was about my parents, my cousins, my uncles, my aunties. It was people in my church, my youth leaders. It was my friends. It was strangers. It was, you know, it was males and females. It didn't matter who it was, um, children, young and old. I just found that if I could make other people laugh at someone else's expense, then that made me feel really good. But I was still worshipping God, I was still preaching forgiveness, claiming God's forgiveness, asking for God's forgiveness, yet my words were not a reflection of that. It was like there was a freshwater stream inside of me, which God had given me, but somehow salt water was pouring out of it. It was like God said to, to me, you are a grapevine, but I was producing figs. It just doesn't make sense. This flowed into my relationship with my wife when we first got married. My wife and I just became very, very sarcastic with each other. And we used it as a way to joke about real things. You know, we often uh, would say to each other, um, you know, I'd be sarcastic about something. And they just like, you can't, that's not very, you can't say, that. I'm like, I'm just joking. Like, it's just a joke. And, you know, we started, and as we started realize we need to come out of that, one of the things we'd say to each other was, in every piece of sarcasm is an ounce of truth is an element of truth in sarcasm that's what makes it sarcasm and so you know if i'm joking about something about my wife there's a part of that which i think is true now it might not be true but i think it's true and that's why i'm using it that's not a good foundation for any marriage especially not a young starting marriage we were very very young and uh and so we had to change that in our life it's, it's been about God changing my heart and going on a journey in how I see other people, particularly seeing them as created in the image of God. That's been a key part of it. But the biggest thing for me has been understanding something so true and so core to the Christian faith. What God has shown me is what I am called to show others. It changed the way that I view people. It changed the way that I viewed even just even just being more patient with people. This came into my life, and I was I've been so grateful to God for Him changing my heart in this sense because that's what I needed. It wasn't just like a teaching that I believed all of a sudden. It was like God really changed my heart in this way, and and I just needed it. I needed it so desperately because I just didn't offer others the same grace and forgiveness that God had given to me. I didn't really understand fully that, you know, every other person in the world, including myself, makes mistakes. And I pray 
I was praying, and I still pray every night for forgiveness from God for my mistakes. But I wouldn't always offer that to others. You know, I would somehow think that they had to earn my forgiveness, or the fact that they made a mistake gave me the right to tear them down, to make fun of them, to, to use sarcastic words and harsh words. And so as I've been reflecting on this over the last month or so, I've seen this need in our young people. I've seen this need in all of us in the world that we live in. This is not just a face-to-face issue. This is a social media issue. This is a way that we talk about our leaders in church, our political leaders. This is where we talk about complete strangers across the other side of the world. We can't even speak about them in a nice way, and we'll never see them ever. It just dawned on me that I've still got a long way to go. By no means do I think I'm there yet. But our world is in desperate need of something to change in this way. Probably the other reason it's been sitting there is because for the last couple of years we've been um, utilizing a framework of thinking called Etu Tangata. You can check it out, etutangata.nz. It's a beautiful um, way of tackling tall poppy syndrome in your workplace, your whanau, your school, club, rugby, sport, whatever it is, Etu Tangata is there, simple, easy to use. There's amazing people on there that help guide you and lead you. I highly recommend you checking it out. And one of the things on there is about our worth and our value and the way that we work together with others and succeed with others, the way that we care for other people in these core values. And so that's partly been sitting there with it as well. James chapter 3 paints a very challenging picture of our tongue and our words and the way that we use them. James as a whole is setting us up for the understanding that Sometimes we profess things with our mouth. We say that we have faith and belief, but our actions do not line up with that. You know, just before this passage in James chapter 3, it's James chapter 2. Funny that. It says in uh, James chapter 2 verse 18, But some of you say you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. I will show you my faith by my works. As he finishes this up and he uses Abraham as an example, he goes into chapter 3 to talk about the tongue. Talk about the tongue. This is going to be a real challenging series, I think, to, to prepare and, to, and to, to put into place. I think the greatest challenge for any of these things is to, to be willing to admit that, that we have it wrong. Now... How good is it that our God is one of those? Like we can just admit these things to God and he is so gracious to us that he offers forgiveness to us even though you know, I've effectively been a Christian my whole life and I can sit on his podcast and try and teach people about Jesus and teach people about the way that we talk about, the way that we talk to others and about others and about ourselves. And I know 100% that I'll get it wrong tomorrow probably. Either speaking with my wife, my children, someone at school, someone in the workplace, I'll probably get it wrong tomorrow, but I get to return to Christ and grace. But I get to go out in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's it's just such a cool place to be in, you know, that I don't have to beat myself up when I get it wrong. But that doesn't mean I get to stay where I'm at. That doesn't mean I get to go, oh, well, I can do whatever I want. God's going to forgive me anyway. We can do another episode on that. Check out Romans if you want to understand what Paul has to say about that. 
But we don't get to stay where we are. We don't get to be a community of believers that profess Christ and that we have, you know, the living water as Christ describes himself, that we get the living water, yet our speech is like salt water. It's a contradiction. It doesn't make sense. It ought not to be so, James tells us. So what's our challenge for this week? It's our challenge as you guys go out from listening to, to this podcast. As we go out and chase the sun, what should we what should we do? Well, we can do everything that James tells us to do to watch our mouth and all those kind of things. But before we get to that point, before we get to the point of understanding how to change our heart instead of trying to tame our tongue, James says we can't tame our tongue. So what do we have to do in that space? You know, what do I do first before I go out and learn about what it means to be created in the image of God? Because apparently I can't tear down or curse something that's created in the likeness of God. I think the challenge for us is to understand and see, is there really a need? I have. I think there's a need. I've observed the need in myself. I've observed in the need in the people that are around me and the young people that God has placed in my care. There's a need there. There's a need everywhere. I believe it. That's what I think. I see it in the media, the way politicians talk to each other, the way athletes talk to each other, the way um, actors and all these people who supposedly are in power and have all the influence the way that they speak about each other. And apparently a world of tolerance and love and kindness. We need to go out and we need to observe, is there truly a problem? Is there truly a need for this? Because I think there is. But if you don't see it, if you don't believe it, if you don't understand it, if you're not fully aware of it, the, the next few episodes that we do on this is going to be very irrelevant to you and you might as well not bother listening. That's not, you can still listen. But, but go out and see the need. Observe it. And then we can look to God. We can pray fervently. We can understand the scriptures. And we can ask God to change our hearts. Change the hearts of those in our communities. It's got to start within the church and then we influence slowly out of that. When people start to see a church that is so vastly different from the community that is around us, that is where God will do some work. Last term in church, we were doing a series on Lent. And uh, one of the key things that our pastor was, was speaking to us about Lent is that God has to do a work in us before he can do a work through us. I think the same is true of this passage that we're speaking about. The same is true of this problem and this need that we have in our world. That God is going to have to do a work in us individually, um, communally, as a, not sure if that's a real word, but um, as, a, as a group of believers, as small churches, as large churches, youth groups, whatever it is, God needs to do a work in those first before he can start to work through us. But I just can't wait. Imagine if we were able to change our culture. We would truly become that city that is on a hill that stands out in a world of darkness. How cool would that be? How cool would that be? Hey, we've talked about some challenging stuff. We've talked about a bit in this episode. Um, and we're going to chat more on this passage. We're going to look more about what the Bible has to say about our speech and about our talk. The way that we talk to others, about others, and about ourselves. I'm excited for it. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be very challenging, though. Uh, the Bible calls us to a radical kind of faith. James, in particular, calls us to a, a you know, 
a faith that is proven by my works. The evidence of my faith will be in my works, James says to us. It's cool. Thank you for tuning in. I pray this will be a blessing to you as you go out each day chasing the sun. Thanks, team. Bye.